Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Nick, I've got June 18th circled on my calendar. Any guesses as to why? Uh, your birthday? Uh, good guess, but that's August 28th. June 18th okay. is when the Red Sox match up with the Royals for the first time this season. My Red Sox, Nick's Royals, get ready to put seven L's in the column, my friend. All right, boys uh, and girls. You're, you're wearing the right shirt. like that blue. <laughs> I mean... I'm going running after this, and it's cold, so I uh, threw it on. Yeah. But I'll have my Red Sox shirt on when they're playing tonight. All right, boys okay. and girls, back on the show today is a man whose volleyball knowledge I envy a lot. Kudos to him. My man, Nick Lutrell. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. On today's episode, the Celtics pull off a massive comeback. Jacob deGrom has no help, and we recap a chaotic NFL draft up to this point. But we begin today with some big news out of the City of Angels. LeBron James returned to action for the first time since March 20th last night. After playing with neither LBJ or Anthony Davis for a long time, the both of them are back in purple and yellow. However, AD came out of the gate very slow. And with playoffs around the corner, they gotta get it going quickly. Last night, the Kings dropped to the Lakers 110-106. to In 32 minutes of action, LeBron had 16 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. So, Nick, I mean, it's not a bad stat line, but it's not a good stat line either. So, should, in your opinion, are the Lakers still the favorites? I don't think so. I, I think there's multiple other teams that are uh, well ahead of not only in the standings, but just in contention that I would put as higher on, uh, on uh, my, my favorites to, to, to win it all. I mean, I mean, you can't, you can't. Surely you can't, couldn't put like the Lakers in front of a team like the Nets right now with with all the the firepower that the Nets have, even though their record might not be amazing. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna start playing good with all those players once they have them back. So I, I wouldn't say they're the championship favorites anymore. Yeah. So as of right now, the Lakers are in fifth place in the Western Conference, six games behind the fourth place Denver Nuggets. So if they yeah. in, I don't see them coming back. So. If they do end up making a finals run, it's going to be through three series in which they don't have home court advantage at all. And no, they shouldn't be considered the favorite right now. I mean, AD, like we said earlier, AD was really, really bad coming out of the gate. He was not good. I know LBJ wasn't as bad last night, but he's LeBron James. He's going to do that. I don't think there's any denying that, even though I still consider MJ the GOAT. But that's a discussion for another time. So in terms of favorites for the West right now, I'd put all four teams ahead of them, above them. I'd put Phoenix ahead of them. I'd put Utah ahead of them. I'd put the Clippers ahead of them. And I'd put the Nuggets ahead of them, even though they don't have Jamal Murray. They've still been balling out. That's for the favorite out of the West right now. I like the Utah Jazz. I really do. All right. Well, the Lakers could certainly use a hot streak right now. The Washington Wizards are on a bit of one right now. After a miserable start to the season, the Wizards caught fire, winning 12 of 14 games. Russell Westbrook has recorded 12 triple doubles in the month of April alone and appears poised to average a triple double for the fourth time in five years. Washington is now in the play in seating right now, Liam. Do you take them seriously? As a threat to come out of the play in? Yes. But as a threat to win it all? No. I mean, I said way back in December that the Washington Wizards were going to be the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. It's taken a while for that prediction to look, I don't know, Kind of, sort of, reasonable. I mean, in my defense, the Wizards are only four and a half games out of it right now. I mean, 
Atlanta is 34 and 30. Washington is 29 and 34. So I don't know. If the chips fall in their favor, it could happen. Is it going to happen? Probably not. But that being said, Russell Westbrook is playing on another level right now. I said before the season that Russ and Beal had the potential to be the best backcourt in the NBA, and now they're showing it. So that being said, I mean, yeah, I think they can make some noise, but I I still don't think they can win at all. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. They're, they're playing really well right now. As I said, 12 out of 14 games won. I don't know how much longer they can really keep it up with the players that they have. Um, and all, all streaks have to come to an end. And, and for the Wizards, it'll be – it, like you said, they'll get to the playoffs probably. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see them making a deep run, going, uh, you know, winning a series beyond that playing game, and uh, just with the, just with the team they have this year and with all the other, uh, all the other, all the other teams in the NBA, I don't think I don't think it's possible. Yeah, as of right now, the four teams in the play-in are Miami, Charlotte, Indiana, and Washington. I like Miami to come out as the first slot, but I like Washington to come out of the second slot. I don't. I, I don't believe in the Charlotte Hornets. I know LaMelo Ball is somehow yeah. coming back today, even though everyone was saying he's out for season. And really? I I don't even know who the go-to guy on Indiana is right now. I mean, they traded Oladipo. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know who's – I don't even know who their number one is. Is it Brogdon? Is it Miles Turner? Bogdanovich isn't there anymore. I, I really don't know who it is. Yeah, I don't know either. But finally, an early season prediction about this team being good is panning out. But I don't think anyone predicted – that the Celtics would somehow come back last night, though, except for that one better Bleacher Report highlighted. Boston was down by 32 points with three minutes left to go in the second quarter. Then Jason Tatum happened. The Celtics star put up 50 points in regulation, leaving the Celtics to storm back and tie the game at 128 before he put up 10 more in OT. Tatum finished the night with 60, and the Celtics eked out a 143-140 victory in OT. Wow. So, Nick, we saw both sides of the Celtics here. Does this game increase or decrease your confidence in them? I think it would still increase it, even though you saw those uh, the not-so-good parts of the Celtics early on. Um, I would still say increase. What Was it against the Spurs? That's like a 500 team, sure. Still the Spurs. But I think, yeah, but I think Tatum, Tatum shown, uh, has shown this season and has shown definitely in this game that he can carry this team and that he can be a real playmaker, putting up 60 points. So I would say in that aspect to see uh, Tatum go off like that, I would say that's a big confidence booster if I was a Celtics fan. Yeah, and I personally believe that Tatum has been inconsistent. I was talking about this with my cousin last night, believe it or not. And he's, he's got to find consistency. Hopefully this is the start. I mean, there's some games he goes off for 50, some games he falls off the face of the earth. But mm. in terms of increasing or decreasing my confidence, in all honesty, it does neither because – We've, this has been the story of the whole season. One game, the Celtics play out of their minds, dominating whomever they're playing. Then one game, the next night, they lose to the Detroit Pistons. No disrespect. But, yeah, it does neither. I mean, we're not going to know until playoff time, in my opinion, what this team is made of. They go out in the first round, this team will be out of our memories. This team will be in our memories in a poor way for a long time. Yeah. Coming off of an Eastern Elite. Conference Finals berth, too. Yeah. Liam, Jason Tatum certainly gave the Celtics the support they needed when Jacob Bugram wouldn't give for some support from his teammates. Through four starts, the man has an ERA of .51, yet it's only two and two. It's two wins and two losses. 
in his first five starts, the Mets have only put 15 runs across the plate, an average of 2.6 per game. Not good. Liam, to have two losses with an ERA of .51 is very telling. How can the Mets fix this? 13 runs across the plate. My bad. That's on me. I messed oh, up the script. Good. And if the Mets want to fix it, they're going to trade Dick and DeGrom. But that is never going to happen. I mean, look. Ooh, hot take. Look, on Wednesday, Jacob DeGrom matched up with the Red Sox. We got a run in the second inning. I was happy with that. And as well as Nick Pavetta pitched for us, and as well as good as Whitlock and Adovino and Barnes were, you still got to look at the Mets and be like, what the heck is going on? I mean, it, it fathoms me that this man has an ERA barely above half a run through five starts, yet still has two losses. That's inexcusable on beha- on the ha- part of the Mets. Francisco Lindor was not even a shadow of himself in the month of April, hitting below 200. Pete Alonso, I mean, he's hit a couple home runs, but he's been striking out a ton. <sighs> There's not much else to say. Figure it out, Mets. You are yeah, wasting well, you are like- wasting this Hall of Famer's career. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, well, Liam, you know, I don't follow MLB a ton, but just looking at these stats, I know, or I do know, I've heard of DeGrom, and I know he's good, and it seems the Mets aren't very good. And so I don't think the Mets are doing him any favors. It doesn't seem like they're helping him out, and it seems like, I agree with you, it seems like they're kind of wasting on his career. And uh, trading him, that might, that might be a good, I hadn't thought about that. That might be a, a, an interesting proposition. I mean, we'll Mike, Tr- Mike Trout has only been in the playoffs twice. Their Angels are wasting his career as well. It's also true. So we're seeing two of the greatest players of this generation have their careers get wasted because they can't build around them. And it's and it's really sad. Yeah, and that's another thing. I The, the biggest time I watch MLB baseball, and probably most people, is in the playoffs. And so I've, I've probably never even watched but, like, one or two games of Mike Trout and DeGrom. So, like – the average fan who only watched during the playoffs, like me, never gets to see these these players play, which is, like you said, is, is sad that they're on trash teams. It is sad, but you wouldn't expect a pitcher with an 0.51 ERA to be 2-2. Two and two. But I didn't expect Knicks, Kansas City Royals, to be this good right now. Kansas City is currently 15-9. and nine. Believe it or not, they're on top of the AL Central right now. Dan- the Carlos Santana acquisition is working out really well for them. Danny Duffy pitching the lights out. I mean, who saw this coming? And today, they're up 11-3 to in the top of the ninth against the Minnesota Twins. It's going to be 16-9. I did not see this coming, Nick. Do you think they can keep it up? Liam, we are very early in the season. I know there's lots of, lots of, lots of games for Major League Baseball. So it's, I think it's early, even though they're like number one in like the standings. I think I put that on my private story. I was like, yeah, they're number one. That's cool. But there's still so many games left to play. And I don't know if you'd call this team the best team in baseball. But to answer your question, no, I don't think they'll keep it up. But like I said, I don't follow it a ton. But I knew they weren't very good last year. And so it's just surprising to see them actually doing good this year. And I'm not too optimistic, I guess. Uh, but to look on the positives, it's still a big improvement. They've started this season well, a big improvement from how they ended last season. Well, let's take a look around the MLB right now. All right. My Red Sox are 17-10. and 10. They topped the American League East. Is that going to hold? Unfortunately, probably not. Because hopefully I'm wrong, but I think the Yankees are going to sort 
whatever they have going on down there out. Hopefully I'm wrong though. The AL Central, White Sox 14-11, Twins 9-15. We didn't expect the Twins to be this bad. The AL West, Seattle got off to a hot start. They're still above 500. And Oakland, after being 1-7, is 16-11. No one expected that. Yeah. So, but I, in the NL East, no team is above 500 right now. NL Central, Brewers leading the division, not a surprise. But in the NL West, the San Francisco Giants are winning the division right now over both the LA Dodgers and the San Diego Padres. So that being said, nothing is final. That being said, I'm sorry. The Royals aren't keeping it up. The White Sox are winning that division. I thought the Twins were going to, but they stink, plain and simple. And it's to your point. There's still 130-something games left to play. But the AL Central is so tough, it won't be easy for KC to hold the lead. But do you know it is easy? Podcasting with Anchor. Now we get into a recap of the NFL draft at this point, and it has been a doozy. Let's keep it gentle to start. What out of everything has surprised you the most thus far? I would say Trey Lance to the 49ers, a guy that maybe a few hours before the draft, I did a little bit of research just to see, like, check out some mock drafts and and learn about who's going to be chosen. And Trey Lance is a guy I hadn't, like, really heard of, and then – once he got drafted, it was just listening to his story and that he'd only play like a couple a couple games last season, North Dakota State. That was definitely one of the more surprising things. And uh, to go along with that, him being behind or in front, how it's going to work with Garoppolo still with the Niners or if Garoppolo's going to leave. I know some of you Patriots want Garoppolo, Liam, or not, probably not anymore. Not Matt anymore. Jones, I don't, not anymore, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that later, I guess, so. Yeah, the thing that surprised me the most was that the Cincinnati Bengals with the number five overall pick took Jamar Chase instead of Penn I Sewell. I mean, the glaring issue for the Bengals was their line. And their fans saw it, too. I mean, when they were on Monday Night Football, they had a big sign saying, a penny for your thoughts. It's clear that they wanted him. That's not a knock on Jamar Chase. I mean, he's a very talented receiver. But Cincinnati's priority has to be keeping Joe Burrow healthy especially when he's coming off of a torn ACL. I mean, their receivers aren't the best in the world, but in my opinion, this wasn't the biggest issue Cincinnati needed to fix. It's not like New England where there was a glaring receiver hole and they solved that in the offseason. They needed to fix their O-line, and to be frank, they just simply didn't do that. So I am the most surprised by Jamar Chase going to Cincinnati. Yeah. William, someone is bound to go earlier than you expected. Who is that for you? You know, this is a tricky one. Ugh. I mean, I guess I'm going to say Trey Lance because, in all honesty, I thought the 49ers were going to take Mac Jones with that third overall pick because I know Kyle Shanahan really liked him a lot. But when it got to draft day, Bleach Report came out with a notification that said Trey Lance was now the betting favorite to be the number three overall pick. So that being said, I'm a little surprised. But at the same time, I would take Trey Lance over Mac Jones myself. I that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I don't have confidence in him in New England, but and also Chicago Bears trading up to take Justin Fields was quite the quite the splash that I didn't expect. Yeah, I agree, and yeah, that I I would also say Trey Trey Lance uh, going back to what I said earlier, just it was just super early for him, and I might have gone gone Mac Jones too. Of course, he was surround Mac was surrounded about surrounded around 
very talented players at Alabama compared to Trey Lance. But I thought it was it was a little bit early for for him. Including one of those players at Alabama, Episcopal High School standout Jalen Waddle, now a Miami Dolphin. But let's excuse me, let's flip it. Someone definitely went later than expected. Nick, who was that for you? Well, you mentioned his name. I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I think Justin Fields. I think he's a very good quarterback, and I think he could have gone earlier in this draft. I really like the way he plays. Um, like I've talked about, I watch, I watch more college sports, and I loved watching him. I don't love Ohio State. I hate Ohio State. But I, I enjoyed watching him play. I think he was a very good player, and especially out-dueling um, Trevor Lawrence in, in the college football playoff was uh, was really telling, I think. And so I think I think he could have been chosen earlier, in my opinion. I also brought his name up earlier, but I'm surprised Mac Jones followed the way to 15. I mean, this was one of the most hyped-up quarterback classes ever. People were saying that all five – Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Jones, Lance, we're all going to go in the top 10, perhaps even the top 8. So I consider it a blessing that the Patriots were able to get him at 15 with having, they didn't have to trade up, they didn't have to trade down, they were complacent, got our guy, and I'm ha- and I'm happy with that, I really am. However, I feel fortunate to have gotten that pick, I really do. Yeah, yeah. And finally, we've been talking individual players, now let's talk the teams. Which team, Liam, in your opinion, has made the most out of the draft this year? It's simple. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's good. And two words. Trevor Lawrence, the most hyped-up quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. I know Andrew Luck had a short career, but he was a darn good quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. And this may be a bit of a sleeper, but in the second round, Jacksonville Jaguars also got him some protection with my man Walker Little, also out of Episcopal High School. So that was a great pick for them. I mean, but putting as much as I love Walker, that pick, Trevor Lawrence, I don't think anything else needs to be said. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm going to say another team, though, and believe it or not, I'm going to say the New York Jets. And I think they've picked, had a couple good picks that really has made them stand out in this draft. Zach Wilson apparently is going to fit good with their system. Zach Wilson is kind of like Trey Lance. I didn't know a ton about him. But doing the a little bit of research that I did, it seems like he could be a good fit in New York. I don't know. We'll see. Who knows and with the Jets. Uh, they got a good offensive guard also later in the first round, early second round. Um, and then Elijah Moore, uh, early second round, I believe. So with those three players, I think I think they've done good for the Jets. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a low blow right there. And who knows what they're going to do with them. They've screwed up a lot of picks lately. Okay, time for the history lesson, boys and girls, where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. Forty years ago today, May 1st, the sports world saw Pioneer become even more so. Eight years prior to 40 years ago today, Billie Jean, Billie Jean King made herself even more of a legend by taking down Bobby Riggs in the Battle of the Texas. Forty years ago today, she came out as a lesbian, becoming the first prominent sportswoman to do so. If you want to name one true legend on and off the court, look no further than Billie Jean King. Liam, cover your ears. (laughs) 30 years ago, Monday, May 3rd, Cam Neely went down down off a vicious cheap shot by Ulf Samuelson. The injury limited Cam to only 162 more games in his career, and Neely was forced to retire at the age of 31. What a career Neely had, though. Over 13 years, Neely... compiled 395 goals and 200, uh, 299 assists 
made all, made four All-Star games, and has been inducted into the Hall of Fame. And is still involved with the Bruins, too, as a front office executive. I remember Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals, that video of him throwing the water bottle after we got screwed over went viral, and we all, everyone in New England felt the same way. And that's just the truth of the matter. This is a fun one, though. 52 years ago, Wednesday, May 5th, the Boston Celtics won their 11th NBA championship in 13 years, defeating the Lakers in Game 7. Funny story, then-LA owner Jack Cook ordered a bunch of balloons to be suspended in the rafters in plain sight, plain sight, out of assumption the Lakers would win. When LA, Jerry West, when LA guard Jerry West saw them, he was enraged. Bill Russell told West before the game, those balloons weren't going anywhere, and nowhere they went. The Celtics won 108-106. Talk about arrogance and motivation. I mean, what a doo-doo. That's L.A. for you, I guess. 27 years ago, Friday, May 7th, the Denver Nuggets became the first num- first eight seed to win its first round series, defeating number one Seattle Supersonics. An eight over one has only happened five times in NBA history. Most recently in 2012. <laughs> Remember when Charles Barkley said the eight seed Portland was going to sweep the Lakers? Yeah, me too. Lakers won the chip. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for who you got. First up, tonight the Warriors and Rockets match up on Saturday NBA primetime, 8.30, ABC. Nick, who you got? I got to go with the Warriors here. I can't I can't pick against Steph Curry. He's, Especially uh, right now. He's, he's, he's always good. I mean... Uh, and they got so many other playmakers, and the Rockets really have, have have not been great this year. I'm sorry, Liam. No, they have not. There's no need to be sorry. I don't support that team at all. <laughs> and you can't. Steph Curry is the MVP of the National Basketball Association at this point in time. That being said, give me the Warriors. The Rockets stink this year. I know. I think Kevin Porter Jr. put up 50 the other night, but he's not doing that again. Give me the Warriors. Next up, a Sunday showcase game features two of the top teams in the East, and the Nets and the Bucks. Tip off is at three thirty on ABC. Liam, who takes it? I know there aren't. We still don't have many full houses, but I still firmly believe that home court plays. When we take a look at the Nets, they're still missing James Harden. I kind of like the Bucks in this one, Nick. I know they've been not what they've been in the past this year, but. Give me the Bucks in this one. I I think Giannis goes off for a triple-double. I agree with that, actually. I, I don't know about the, tri- the triple-double, but I do, oh. I do think Giannis will, 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 help, will lead them to victory. Okay. And, uh, yeah, be, being at home, that will help against against the Nets, especially without without Harden. But once the Nets have, have all, all their players, it's, it's going to be scary. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but it's oh, yeah. surely it will happen once playoffs uh, come around. So, Well, finally – Sunday Night Baseball this week features the New York Mets and Philadelphia Phillies, who had the benches clear on Friday night. David Peterson has the ball for New York, while Zach Eflin is on the mound for Philly. Nick, who you got? Well, I know Andrew McCutcheon plays for the Phillies, right? He does play for the Phillies. All right, so I'm, pick, I'm picking the Phillies. That's, that's the, big, the biggest reason, because I know that player. And it's, we, just talked about, we just talked about the Mets, so... Yeah, I know you're not a big baseball guy, but we do highlight Sunday Night Baseball every single week. So we had to throw it in there. But, you know, this may be a hot take, but I'm going to say Francisco Lindor wins the NL Player of the Month for the month of May. And it's going to start tomorrow night 
he will hit two ding-dongs. And my roommate is probably listening into this, but I've got the Mets beating the Phillies tomorrow night. Mm. Hot take, I know. All right. Well, folks, that's all we have today. I'm Nick Luttrell. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Nick for being my guest today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Full Court Pest Podcast and on Twitter at Full CP Podcast. That's F U L L C P Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me. As always, stay healthy, wash your hands, be safe, be positive. Thanks again for tuning in.